0: I follow so many interviews and listen to so many interviews all over the media, whether it's in magazines or YouTube, as if I'm researching a paper that needs to be published. And all these years, I had no idea what
1: I'm going to publish. But here I am with all the information out there. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Tanvi. So if you go look at my Instagram account, and specifically the ones that I'm following on Instagram, it is filled with nostalgia. Like I'm following all the people from the 90s. And I'm following like random people like Kim Sharma. Do you remember her? It's like a shrine of my 90s nostalgia. And ladies and gentlemen, that's your second host for the podcast, Slow. A special mention to our social media partners, Bollywood Direct.
0: You can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Bollywood Direct. And welcome to wala Podcast. We are back with a brand new series of family dramas. And our first movie in the family dramas is Mother India, the most popular, most celebrated film in Hindi films. Mother India came out in 1957. The Prime Minister of India was Jawaharlal Nehru. The director and producer of this movie is Mehboob Khan. Music was by Naushat. And the actors are Nargis, Rajkumar, Sunil Dutt and Rajin Kumar.
1: Mother India is an epic story spanning at least two decades. It's a story of being a woman, of being born in poverty, of being a single parent. And it's a story about family values, honor, and standing up for what is right. Yeah, I feel like
0: this had like so much, it was putting me on spot for myself. Like, you know, you are testing yourself. And I felt like I would not stand up to any of these standards set by Nargis or the character of Radha. I know. What a story, what a character... And what a movie. Like, I I can see why it went to Oscars and why it
1: had all that buzz. Was it uh, nominated for Oscars or was it sent as, as an official entry? Yeah,
0: in 1958, it was nominated for Best Foreign Film. Mm. So I think this was the first Indian film to be nominated. It's such a heavy-duty movie. I don't even know where to start. I don't think I would have watched it because I did remember that, you know, it starts off... There are only, like, moments of happiness in this movie. It starts off with a wedding scene and then something bad happens, then something worse happens and then something worse. And it's just like a nosedive right on. So I was just like, I would have never
1: watched this movie if it was not for our podcast. Yeah, but we had to pick this movie. I mean, we couldn't have done a family drama series without talking about Mother India because it's very quintessentially about how families work in India. Uh, So even though it's set in a village and it's set in 1957, but emotions and everything that runs through the movie is entirely how a family unit works in India. So we had to pick the movie. Absolutely. It's like quintessential mother. Hmm. It's a quintessential son. The
0: whole dynamics between husband, wife, mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law, everything. It's like on point. Even now, it's been 60, 70 years and we're still there. Nothing has
1: changed. And also, we were talking about how there's not been a single movie which has actually spoken about being a single mom bringing up kids ever after that, right? So, it's very progressive in its own way as well.
0: Absolutely. I feel like all these women-centric movies which have been coming out over the years, I don't think any one of them has lived up to what Mother India did. Like, this is a whole movie based on Nargis. Like, I know there are a lot of movies Right now, which are based on one character, but not this heavy lifting. This woman does physical labor, emotional labor. She has principles. She stands up for what is right. She has a strong character. She loves her kids. I mean, yeah. what is it she doesn't do? Like, she takes care of her mother in law. Yeah. She takes care of everything.
1: Like an all rounder. And also, specifically, you know, you mentioned physical labor, right? And it was so nice to see a woman equally invested in her husband's, you know, husband is a farmer so instead of just you know her role not just being just a part of uh, the family as in you know in terms of just someone who has to like bring lunch to the husband when he's farming or something like that she was hands-on there with him in the farm and doing you know everything that a farmer does and uh, i i enjoyed that side of her you know a lot
0: i think that that is true for most Farmers, like the whole family is into farming. I think it's just the movies that show that the husband is working at the farm and the wife just brings the lunch or something. I think it could be maybe that she joins him after lunchtime or something, you know, that she finishes. So she has like double amount of work because she'll finish all her work. She'll send the kids to school or whatever they ha- she has to do. And then she'll come with the lunch and then stay there, work with him and then, you know, come back and then again go back to cook dinner and all that. So I feel like the working women. The whole concept of working women, maybe it is, you know, just not that prominent in cities. But I think in villages, it's always been there. They've always Mm. been working women, whether they are like grounding spices or they are, you know, grounding wheat or they're working in the farms. They're like 100 percent involved in the work aspect of whatever it is they're doing.
1: It's just that they don't have a label of, you know, oh, I'm a working woman. You know, I think that's the only difference. But other than that, yeah, you're right. They equally contribute to the family and the family business.
0: The construction workers in India, how many of them are women who like, you know, who are carrying bricks and who are carrying those things like, so um, I feel like they just don't get the status. And of course, they don't get the salary, like they get, you know, peanuts, uh, whole movies on the shoulders of Nargis. Nargis looks like of you know the phrases like force of nature or the force to reckon with. I feel like these phrases are so appropriate for Nargis's character in this like her expressions, her the way she emulates all the emotions and everything. She was spectacular. This was a Role of a lifetime, I mean
1: like. And also I felt like her journey from being a new bride to when she's much older, you know. I think the entire journey, it was almost like you're watching a person in real life. And she'd done all the roles equally well.
0: Yeah, I feel like the only people who will jump out in terms of acting in this movie is Nargis, and that kid who plays Birju and then Sunil Sunildat who plays the elder Birju. Yes. I feel these are the three main characters like Birju's both characters and then Nargis's character so naturally we've already spoken about Nargis. Moving on to Birju we know we both because this movie was so sad and it was so heavy on emotions and stuff the only ray of light was that Birju. I <laughs> <was know>. like <laughs> That he had that natural spark in him. You, he, he was like, you can tell he's probably like just five, six years old in that movie or maybe younger if I'm, you know, mistaken. But he, he was so confident. I, I think he was just a delight.
1: He is. And he's so tiny. But oh God, I, I don't know. I don't have the words to express how cute he was. Also the acting, like, you know, I was telling you, a lot of child actors, especially in Indian movies, they always tend to overact, you know, or just be smart. But this kid, so his role is the role of a very naughty kid. He could have come across as a very oversmart kid, but he did not. He was just being naughty and adorable. You know, that rarely happens. So this kid, like you said, was truly a delight to watch on screen. So I was very curious to look him up who he was. And he's actually the adopted son of the director.
0: Yeah, one moment we were watching less of the movie and finding more of the information on this guy. His name, his real name is Sajid Khan. And like how you said, he was adopted by Mehboob Khan and his wife.
1: And then he went on to do a lot more work. And at one point, what actually, jumped at me was the fact that Rekha was in love with him they were seeing each other but you know I mean obviously it didn't work out but that would have been an amazing pair in the 70s I really like people's journeys like Hmm. I
0: that is the reason I think I like stories I want to see where somebody started and where they ended up so Sajid Khan's journey is like spectacular like he was picked up by Mehboob Khan for this role in the slums. Apparently he he naturally was like that kid Birju so it just jumped out to Mehboob Khan and he felt like oh this kid is like just right and you know he had to look a village boy, dirty, messy so from the slums it just seemed like a natural fit wow. and then while working with the kid on the movie uh, Mehboob Khan and his wife really got very fond of him and they adopted him uh, during this movie period mm-hmm. and after that they sent him to US to study and he's worked all over the world, like he worked in a lot of television. Mm. So he worked in Korea, in China, in Hollywood. And after all of this, he came back to India and he's the one who founded Mehboob Studios. You know how a lot of stars say, we are going to shooting to Mehboob. That's interesting. Yeah, I knew there's like Mehboob Khan, but there are so many Mehboobs in the right. uh, movie industry. I would always, I guess I never really paid too much attention to which Mehboob they are talking about. I was just like, yeah, okay, some Mehboob Studios. So he started on his father's uh, name, he wanted to start a studio and then uh, in 1970s he started it and he married and he settled down and then I think he passed away in 2001. And apparently he was very charismatic and you know he was like a go-getter. So. F- to be somebody from the slums to just land up in movies and then go to travel the world and work in all these countries. I was like, wow, it's amazing. So yeah, clearly we were really... In love with the kid. Yeah, yeah, charmed by this kid and then we followed up on it. So yeah, that's some trivia about
1: Sajid Khan. And then then when he grows up, he becomes Sunil Dutt. Mm. It's interesting because Sunil Dutt and Nargis, they both fell in love during the shooting of the movie. And these kind of stories always make me smile. <laughs> You know, when I know I'm watching a movie, and I also know that off screen they were falling in love, and also there's a the, there's a scene where there's a fire, you know, in the fields, and during the shooting, Nargis uh, I, I she was caught in the fire, and so that rescued her, and then they fell in love. I'm like, how filmy! It is. You know, it's perfect. Perfect meet cute. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then um I was actually, I was focusing a lot on Sunil Dutt. Of course, because the second half of the movie is like completely Sunil Dutt. Like first half of the movie is Nargis. Yeah. And then the second half of the movie is basically Sunil Dutt doing whatever it is he's doing. And I was noticing, but did you notice that how a lot of his mannerisms are similar to Sanjadat? Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, like Sanjadat just basically copies her his dad but not in all the films I think Dutt basically copies Birju's character because Sunil Dad has done a lot of other films and I didn't feel like he had copied uh, you know Dutt was copying those but there were certain instances like when Sunil Dad is like fighting with the um, that guy who's uh, torturing them since childhood Sukhilal right Sukhilal yeah the one who's like taken their zameen and all that or when he's like being like he's become a daket now and now mm. he's gonna do all these riots and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, Sanjay That's really, really like, not
1: copy, but the mannerisms are very similar to yeah. the character of Birju. I felt that a lot because sometimes, you know, when, I was, when I'm watching the movie, I would get a little distracted but I can still hear the sound. Certain sentences, it, it sounded exactly like Sanjay Dutt. Yeah, so I, I definitely see the connection between both of them, yeah. <laughs> and also Nargis, doesn't she look, I mean, not her, but doesn't he look exactly like Nargis?
0: Yeah, he has those uh, droopy, I don't know, like Nasheli eyes like uh, Nargis. Yeah. So, yeah, he really has the structure, face structure is, and the eyes, the depth of his eyes is very similar to his mother. So, but interestingly, so here's a spoiler alert, if people haven't seen this movie and they want to, Then, uh, spoiler alert for next like a minute or so. And then come back. In the end of the movie, Mm. Nargis shoots her son, right? Which is Sunil Dutt. And I was like, oh my God, because the movie which puts Sanjadat on the map Mm. as an acting, not like he had been on the map for a long time. But when he was like, oh, okay, Sanjadat can act was vasta. And that is the movie in which his mother, who's played by Reema Lagu, our favorite, shoots him in the end and I was like oh my god it's like this is like completely the same parallel like you know and here it's like the father and the mother playing mother and son and I was like okay this is like a complete parallel because that was Vastav got him national award right and he was good. And he was good, yeah. And, good, yeah. and I, that is a good movie. I think I just saw it last year again. A lot of scenes in Vastav are very similar in terms mm. of acting and in terms of emotion, how they're emoting there to this movie. And you can see the shades of Nargis and Sunil dad both in Vastav in Sanjadat and then just the fact that they get shot. okay guys you can come back all right so now like our favorite thing styling and fashion I for one really liked how earthy everything was you know because I like earthiness in Indian fashion we get a lot of jazz and a lot of sparkle we get very less and little of earthiness so I felt yeah. like this the, the color tone of the film was matching with the color tone of the clothing and styling. So I know we both loved the red lip on all the ladies. Yes. That's like, you know, this
1: bold lip, like people go on and on about bold lip. And it's 1958 and everybody has gorgeous red lips.
0: I know, it's like this gorgeous tinge of orangish red lip. And they all were like rocking it. I was like amazing. And I really like the prints of their saris. Hmm. You know, you see these prints a lot in like Masaba and all of that now. But these women are wearing them in 1957.
1: Yes! Okay, I think our taste in fashion is very similar. I love wearing non-Indian clothes. But then, if I had to choose, you know, just one type of clothing, then I would definitely go for a lot of Indian clothing with Indian color tone, which is very earthy. And this movie was perfect. And like you were saying, like all the saris that they wore, the prints, and even the material, right? That soft linenish material, cotton material. It's again back in fashion. But now it's so overpriced because all these designer brands have taken it up as their own and they're selling it for...
0: Like 5,000 rupees. Yeah. So it should not be anywhere more than like a 900, maybe 700. Because cotton is one of our main exports. We should go to the villages and buy them. Exactly. Not because I don't want to pay the price to whoever's making it, but just because it's it's overpriced. It's like, no, it can't be like for 5,000 bucks.
1: It's like crazy. And also, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, mix and match happening in terms of blouses and saris which is again in now where we are like experimenting a lot with you know different blouses and saris but then that was but that's exactly how we dressed you know we love color as a country and uh, our clothes would reflect that and that's exactly what was shown yeah i feel like
0: the styling was actually very real because in villages people it's not like people have hundreds of saris and hundreds of blouses they probably have three blouses yeah and three dupattas and maybe say three saris and two saris for weddings and mm. funerals you know something like that so they are going to mix and match with those three saris with like different blouses and the what dupatta is available or not because the, a lot of them will probably take a second dupatta because if it's really hot they're going to cover their head through mm. the sun and the saris pallu is going to go everywhere while they're farming and all that so i feel like that is just normal for them like in the cities you try to do it like you try and mix and match they are not trying they're just like
1: what has dried, what is clean, what is available. (laughs) They're just effortlessly stylish. And also, but one of the main things is like about the money lender and how, you know, they always give like all their jewelry and everything, you know, to the money lender so that they can get money like mortgaged. This is a really nice set of bangles that Nargis has and that she gives. And I was looking at that and I'm like, it's so stylish. So it has these spikes. It's very traditional, but it has these spikes which makes it look very rock She, I was like, wow, I love that. yeah, if I can find a photo or something, I'll put it up on our blog.
0: It should be because there's like uh, the bangles make a uh, appearance several times in the movies, so yeah, that's like a running theme of like she has the bangles and then they're right. taken away and then the whole film is about how to get those bangles
1: back to her. So Bangles is kind of symbolic about what they've lost, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And also, did you enjoy the whole background music? Like, because it was set in a village. Even the music was so earthy, you know, very close to, like, our own Indian instruments, you know. So there was a lot of flute. I feel like, you know, this was, like, the right kind of movie in 1957 to be sent to the Oscars. It was a wise choice because India was, and it's still primarily an agrarian society. And this movie just sells India like nobody's business. And by selling, I don't mean it in a negative way. It truly represented India, you know, how it was in 1957. So I thought that way, yeah, the music and everything was just perfectly done. I actually really
0: liked the music, the background music, a lot of songs like they are. Again, I think in our previous episodes, we've mentioned there's just some like a Therav in the sound there's it isn't too loud it's not being banged on your head like oh this music is playing now you have to listen to it like and then someone's like hammering on your head and the folksy music I feel like it just seems to work so well even in the previous movies that we've watched whenever that music has come on we're like oh my god this feels so good oh my god this feels so natural because I feel like we just connect with it It just exactly you know it's something it's like Ghar ka khana. yeah it's like you give you like somebody gives you dal chawal. you're like oh my god this is It's like we are home your body knows it's home exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so y- there are certain things like you know you smell the spice- spices you know there's a desi family living here you, yeah. you get dal chawal you feel like oh my god it's home and I felt like the same thing with that music that music comes on and you're like oh yes you're watching an Indian film and you know it could be any film from any part of the country but you know that it's an Indian film with that music and it's only after listening to uh, all the songs that like, I had forgotten except for the main song that uh, Dunia may I I thought Gina. padega that it's just like really sad sock. But a very popular song. Mm-hmm. And, but there are so many other songs that I had forgotten that they are from this film. And again, because they are so popular, they have been used in other films as memes. So you kind of forget where they are from. When I heard the song, Dukh bhare din bhaiya, because, because you always use it as a joke now. You yeah. know, <laughs> this is a song I always relate for some reason in Lamhe. Oh. Because, um, you know, when, uh, uh, Shirevi and Anupam Khera, like, you know, uh, this is when they're in london this is the second version of Sri devi and they're like uh joking around and they're singing and dancing and then uh Viren's girlfriend comes over yeah. and when they're doing the whole parody uh, anil kapoor has just started dancing and uh, anyways i'm thinking i'm taking my story way too long but anabam kher in the end is like you know has a dupatta on his <laughs> head and then th- this anita's uh, girlfriend enters and then Anupam Kher starts singing. He's like Sukh bade, bhaiya, so somehow, whenever I listen to this song, I think of Anupam Kher and Lamhe and I know he's doing a parody. But when I listen to this, I'm like, oh my god, this is where this is from. Like, you know, it's been so long. But there are like several other songs as well. And even that Dunya maybe, like, you know, whenever something sad is happening in anyone's life, Dunya may I'm not sure. G Especially during exams. I was just like So yeah I was just kind of Connecting these songs To different scenarios Yeah But I really liked the music It was very I mean not all of the songs Were necessary as always But whatever The one These are the few Which kind of Jumped my memory Yeah Do you want to talk about scenes? So I really liked Where they show her farming And you know She's helping her husband Like blow the farm And her physical strength Is like hand in hand With her husband So I felt like You know that's it This is like Because even now if Somebody you know Tries to help Help me pick up something heavy. I kind of feel like you know, dude, I can do it. Like you know, unless it's like I don't know, hundred pounds or something. But even then, even that dude can't do hundred points. like a p- a pounds. I would have to help him pick it up as well. <laughs> but a lot of women can do things. I think it's a little bit of both. Like a little bit, they try to play a victim. They're like, oh, hamse hoga, please, like help. They try us. to
1: be this delicate darling,
0: and a little bit is like society telling them, like, oh, please don't do it please don't do it. Like they'll somebody else come and help yeah. you. So anyway, that scene kind of made me feel like validated for being strong because, you know, here's this Indian woman who is so strong. And then I really liked uh, when, you know, the God, all these sad things have happened in the life and now Birju is hungry and, you know, she's so principled that she's not going to like, you know, sell her self, sell her body to uh, get money. But mm. then she sees her kids are starving and that whole scene, I felt I. Feel felt so much pain for her I was just like very moved by that scene and the way they were doing it like you know she just this moment she was standing up for herself but this very like 5 seconds later her son has fainted and now she's like oh my god okay fine and the scene soon after that when she's gone to that ridiculous creep's house and now you know she sees a god's picture and I really like this line which she says that Mm. you know because her name is Radha and she's talking to the goddess Radha right who had set all these principles and everything. Thing. And then she's like, it's very easy to say all this and then become God. And you know, it's very hard to be a mother and then walk that path because now you set this path. It was very easy for you, but become a mother because Radha was not a mother. You know, she was just a lover of Krishna. She's like, so become a mother first and then walk this path and then show me. I don't know. I just felt like it had so much more like depth in it. So, but there were so many more dialogues. Yeah. I was moved by a lot of things in this and I, and like the whole patriarchy also like bothered me a lot, but I guess that was the
1: story. But yeah, just remember because you were talking about Radha, it was directed by a Muslim director, right. and he was portray- he was uh, directing a movie which is primarily about a Hindu woman. Right. We used to be diverse without even knowing that we are. But I feel like I we've always
0: maintained a very secular arts area. Karan Johar was directing. Uh, um, what is his last name? My name film? is Khan. My name is Khan also the last one which he directed so the characters are Muslim Sabah you know the, all of them are Muslim except for Ranbir Kapoor's character or there are like so many other films yeah. like you know nothing jumps out at me right now but there are so many people like Farah Khan she's Muslim but she directs all the characters who are you know her characters are Hindu or all of these three Khans they are Khans but they are always playing <laughs> they're known as Rahul <laughs> <laughs> they're known as Rahul and Prem Prem <laughs> There, I was listening to Javed Akhtar's episode Hmm. once and he's saying a lot of very popular bhajan. For example, the bhajan in Lagan, you know, which is very popular. The one they sing when they're trying to bring the god of rain to uh, that. That is written by Javed Akhtar. Hmm. And then there are a lot of previous bhajan as well, which now actually nothing is going to come to
1: my mind because I'm like... Because now you need the information. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But they, uh, they had said that there's a, there's a couple of Kavalis and there are a mm. couple of things which have been actually written by poets, like Hindu poets, Kavi. Mm. And there were a lot of bhajans, the older ones where they are, we are talking about some God, which were actually written by Muslim shires or mm. So that, and I think the only other scene which really made me, uh, which jumped out at me was when Birju has become Sunil Dutt mm. and now they have like, uh, made some money and they want to pay their debt back but before paying the debt now he wants to see the accounts yeah so he goes to this guy and he's like muja accounts tikhau. and then he opens the paper and then you know he he has such a fight in getting these papers from this guy and the moment he opens the paper he realizes he can't read and i could feel that like i could feel that like you know light I was like oh my god that that would be so frustrating because first of all it was not easy to just get those papers you had he had to hunt that old man down and this and that and now I was just trying to be in his shoes and be like how would I feel if I opened something and I didn't know what was written Mm, didn't understand yeah didn't understand and how do I know that this is fair Or have you know if this guy is being honest to me and I was like oh my god education is so important like you know you don't realize it but so that was like one thing that like kind of jumped out at me like we take it for granted yeah you know we can read we can do all this but there are so many people.
1: I'm just thinking like you know being born and brought up in cities in India is so different from being in a village you know growing up in a village in India right it's like two different worlds and sometimes I feel like because we grew you know we grew up in a city we kind of disassociate ourselves and unknowingly. Sometimes, you know, saying that, okay, this is not my India, like, I don't know what's happening there, you know. Hmm. but i i feel like we st- we really need these kind of movies again <laughs> you know yeah. but again now I, I see a lot of movies set in small towns and things like that but this was one of the movies which was set in a village and it truly reflected a life of a farmer who's in a lot of debt and there's this money lender who's actually asking you so much of interest and in in terms of you know the money that he has lent you and you as a farmer you can't do anything about it you know and it really hits me now because in india i see a lot of farmers now going through the same thing where they are killing themselves because they not able to repay, you know. So I felt like this was still a true reflection, and even now in twenty eighteen, it's still a reflection of our society, you know, and the plight of our farmers. So yeah, oh, this was a sad movie. <laughs> Can you yeah. see us like it's emotionally draining us? <laughs> and also, like you spoke about her physical strength, that, and also like her emotional and mental strength. You know, there were a lot of times where she was the one pushing her husband to kind of say that, okay, I know we have a, we are in a lot of debt. Here is my jewelry. Keep this, and then get money for our family. Or she would say something like, okay, this is a land that needs to be worked on. So let's, you know, let's see if we can grow crops in the farmland. And she would push her husband to kind of use that land. So I thought the it was very strong in terms of a lot of decisions that she was taking. So she was the first one to initiate it. And then the husband would follow through. I thought that was, it was truly a strong woman who was leading the family. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of
0: things that did bother me was still like, you know, everything was... Which is still there. Like, you know, women are just treated so badly in a household. It's like she is cooking and then she's helping him at the farm and then she's coming back and then she's serving everybody the food and then there's not enough food because they have three kids, one mother-in-law, husband and herself and then she's always the last one to eat. Mm. Nothing is left for her to eat. Whatever two bare like uh, portions of I think something she had left for herself the kid comes and says Mm. I'm hungry so she feeds that to him and she drinks water and goes to sleep oh no no she doesn't go to sleep yet she drinks water and then she goes to massage her mother-in-law's feet I'm like oh my god like can you imagine being born in an era where mm. this
1: was happening like I feel like it's so sad but I feel like even now in India you know I'm sure there are a lot of families where women are still doing that you know like they're the last ones to have dinner yeah. and then if there's nothing left over then yeah I can see that you know which is I have had family members who will have whatever their husband has left over mm. so not because they have to
0: but I don't know why they do that like so if, say for example your husband didn't finish the roti or something they are going to serve food it's that same plate and I'm like kind of cringing right now just yeah. thinking about it because I can't and then they're gonna eat the leftover food that I know that food is not juta, I know that but it's just someone's <coughs> leftover food in someone's leftover plate that she's gonna serve food and gonna eat it and I just can't like when I got married I was I'm, I'm very like I can share everything except mm-hmm. food. Like, I can't share food. In, I mean, if if somebody, like a stranger, starts putting their fingers in my food, I just, I'm like, no, I can't. Do this. <laughs> I can't happen. <laughs> I don't know whether you've washed your hands. So, the whole, pow- that, I know that still happens. Women eating leftover food, not getting enough food, or eating last in the end, and everybody's gone. They're supposed to clear the plates yeah. off the table. Oh, my God. That's just like, I feel like revolution needs to happen right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah but moving back to the movie one thing I uh, wanted to mention was do you know that this movie is actually a remake of an old Mehboob Khan movie itself so in 1940 he mm-hmm. had made a movie called Aurat and in that almost same things happen except that what is happening is only suffered by her whereas in this uh, in mother india whatever happens is suffered by the whole village over a period of decade but in aurat the story is just within that unit of family so it's actually a remake of his own uh, film after 17 years. Oh, but on a
1: larger scale maybe,
0: right? Yeah, and the character's name was also still Radha and everything like the and I think it was played by some uh, actor called Sardar Akhtar. Interesting. So but it's, so this movie is often referred to as like India's Gone with the Wind. All right, so I guess a heavy duty film to kick off the new season. Yes. But moving forward, worry not, all our other movies are almost lighthearted or with a good balance of heavy and light. So I was actually maintaining a one arm distance while watching this film because I was like, I can't afford to have like a whole sad day because I watched a sad film. So I need to kind of have a perspective about like, it's just a movie, maintain one arm distance. I was like, yeah, Nargisji, very good acting, but I'm not going to drown in (laughs) her sorrows right now.
1: That's funny.
0: <laughs> All right, so I guess this is it and we'll wrap up our episode and we'll see you guys in our next episode next week on a Tuesday. Catch us on Instagram and Twitter at moviewala podcast and moviewala pod respectively or use the hashtag moviewala podcast. Bye. Bye.